will never not shock me and make me laugh simultaneously when the wrestling community proves to me that it's just 99% pussy-ass crybaby bitch boys because the reaction to Cody Rhodes losing has never not given me this much secondhand embarrassment. I'm not even like this when my favorite loses. I wasn't even like this when CM Punk was acting like a little bitch, and y'all know how much I was defending CM Punk. This is crazy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the High Wrestling Podcast. We are talking WrestleMania 39, but I cannot just let the reaction to Cody Rhodes' WrestleMania loss go unnoticed. Y'all are embarrassing. I w- you, did you really think I was not going to roast? people for this shit oh my god and i can't even limit it to just men because i was just prepared to roast men 100 percent. because i will i love an opportunity to roast a man i love an opportunity to knock a man's ego down a couple notches i love it but this was this was unnecessary like the same stance that I had towards the all-out press conference, I'm holding that same energy towards the reaction to Cody Rhodes' loss. Y'all are some grown-ass adults. I can understand if a child is that upset about Cody Rhodes losing. But I saw more grown children, grown adults. Well, it really should have said grown children. I saw a lot of grown adults giving child, giving child. A lot of grown adults giving child. Embarrassing for your big ages. Oh my god. Like, not the first time a Royal Rumble winner has lost at WrestleMania. Not the first time your fave is gonna lose. Because I can understand being disappointed that your favorite lost. But bring that same energy to Triple H personally. Like, go to Stanford, Connecticut. Go to the WWE headquarters. That same energy you had with those Twitter fingers, bring it to Triple H in person and see how far you get. That man don't give a shit that you hated that ending, especially if you watch the press conference. He really does not give a shit that you hated that ending. Now, the part that makes me laugh is the fact that we knew WWE was getting sold either before the main event or in the middle of the main event. But we knew WWE was getting sold before the night was over. And knowing that the bloodline has ran WWE for the past two years, down to the dollars and cents of it all, where would it have made sense for Cody Rhodes to win the Universal title? Like, that... They're not going to jeopardize a fucking deal like that. I don't care how much of a top guy you think Cody Rhodes is. Roman Reigns is simply operating on a different fucking level right now. He's is, The man is not lying, but y'all think he's lying. I don't know why y'all think that man is lying. Probably because y'all just jumped to conclusions and automatically assumed that because Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble, he was going to win at WrestleMania. Y'all saw... Do we not forget how they did Shinsuke and Oscar Dirty? Now, we, they did Oscar Dirty uh, many times. 
This is not, like, I did not have the same reaction when CM Punk got himself suspended from AEW because of that press conference. Because I'm a fucking adult. That's none of my business. I don't, Triple H is not signing my checks. I don't know Triple H personally. I don't know Roman Reigns personally. I don't know Cody Rhodes personally. I'm going to be disappointed that Cody Rhodes lost at WrestleMania because he was obviously the fan favorite to win. But I'm going to go about my day because guess what? We got a whole year until the next fucking WrestleMania. Like, oh my god. Y'all are so fucking annoying. So fucking annoying. Like, that's why you guys rarely see me tweet when nothing is going on. Because y'all are stupid and giving you migraines. And don't come for me for that reaction that I did to fucking Roman Reigns retaining. Because that react, I was three Mike's Hard Lemonades and five pre-rolls into the night. That was relief because I was ready to go to bed. I had to work the next day. I'm in bed by 10, 11. Like, I was tired. I was exhausted. My blood pressure was high. Because they thought it was okay to stretch a bitch with the anxiety out. Like, what the... The fuck? That was relief. I was relieved that it was over because I was tired. They had a bit stressed. No business stressing me out like that. Fuck. Like, I, I'm complaining because I was legit stressed the fuck out. And tired. But I'm not sitting up here crying that Cody Rose lost. Like, give him something else to do. Give him something else to do. It's okay. Someone doesn't always have to win the big one right away. Y'all weren't this pissed at Daniel Bryan when he didn't win the big one against Kenny Omega. When he came into AEW. I was confused as to why he got a title shot without working for it. First. But I didn't see the same energy for Daniel Bryan. Y'all are just mad because it's Roman Reigns. Y'all have been booing the man since 2015. What's another year? Be be real. Be so fucking for real with me. Get over yourselves. Now, for those who missed it, and those who aren't subscribers, and a lot of you aren't subscribed, therefore you missed it, I went back and watched the main events of WrestleMania to prepare for WrestleMania 39. Initially, it was supposed to be for WrestleMania 25 to WrestleMania 38, but I only made it through 10 main events because I found out last minute that I had to go help a family member and the time window in finishing that project and taking on the project of helping a family member didn't work out. So, when I do the WrestleMania ranking video this week, the main events from 36 to 38 will be ranked out of pure memory. I don't remember shit about those main events at all. Except for Sasha and Bianca. That's all I can really remember. 
But I really enjoy the fact that they did a two-night WrestleMania because do you know how happy I was to know that that shit was done by 9 o'clock p.m.? Granted, I have insomnia, but I have the energy of a grandmother where I just... Unless I am voluntarily choosing to be out past 9 p.m., I don't like going out. Like, I only go out when it's necessary. And I feel like it would benefit me. Which is why I, I only go to wrestling shows and concerts. I hate the club. I only go to club on special occasions like New Year's Eve, but just you will not catch me at the club if it's not New Year's Eve. I like being in the house. Plus, I can get drunk in the house and my bed is right there. Like, if you get drunk at the club, your bed is not right there. So, who's really winning? You know how happy I was to be drunk by the end of WrestleMania and just get in bed right after? Beautiful. Excellent. Loved it. And I don't, I only drink that much if it's WrestleMania. Like, something like that. I wouldn't even say I was drunk. I was I was very much lit. Very much litty-titty. But I wasn't, like, incompetent. Thankfully. Because, I don't know if you know, but a bitch has work. A bitch has a big girl job. A bitch works Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. A bitch has to be in bed by a certain time. I don't have the energy to be playing with these young kids anymore. A bitch is tired. And old. God, I'm really old. My birthday's next Wednesday. Fuck! This is the one year where I'm just like, I want to get my birthday over with. Every time I remember it's happening, I just dread it. Um, just, I'm, I'm already over it. I'm just, I'm already over it. I'm tired. It's not that I want to die. I'm just tired. You know? Love to sleep. Love to just lay down. Just solves all. Laying down just solves all your problems. You don't even have to sleep. It's just laying down. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful feeling. You know what I did when WrestleMania was over? Laid down. At least for night one. Night two, I went to Jack in the Box immediately after. That was my after party. But let's get into it. So we're going match by match, starting with Austin Theory and John Cena. And I'm not even going to lie. I missed the majority of this match because I was getting food. But John Cena was right. Whether Austin Theory won or Austin Theory lost, he's going to be hated. There's nobody that really cares for Austin Theory. And saw some things on social media that I kind of agree with in regards to both Austin Theory and Bianca Belair. Austin Theory being the modern day legend killer 
and Bianca Belair having the modern day WrestleMania streak. Like, I, if we can keep Bianca Belair undefeated at WrestleMania, whether it's championship or not, one hundred percent. But I missed I missed John Cena's entrance. I saw it on social media after the match, and I was. I got emotional because I feel like it's John Cena's last WrestleMania ever. Like, this is the last time we will ever see John Cena. Unless it, like, I'm not saying this is the last time we'll ever see John Cena, but this is, like, the last time we'll ever see John Cena wrestle. I'm sure he'll make appearances because... I'm not even going to justify it with the argument that... The Rock hates WWE, but, like, Dwayne really does not need WWE. Do you see all the shit Dwayne Johnson is doing? Do you really think he needs to make an appearance in a WWE ring? But, I do think this is the last year we're gonna see John Cena as a wrestler. Because I'm going to throw it out there that he's going to be the headliner of next year's Hall of Fame class. He's going to headline next year's Hall of Fame class. I'm putting it out there now. Like, I'm really trying to think... Of my predictions for the Hall of Fame class next year. Because I've never really thought of that. But. In regards to the match. From what I saw. It was kind of just. The same thing from that John Cena match on Smackdown. Where like they have to protect him. Because he's an actor. And he's not going to do much. He's just there to showcase his signature moves. I personally have not gone back and rewatched the match since because I was just occupied with everything else that happened that night. But I was a, the only reason that I think that this is John Cena's last WrestleMania is because if you noticed before he did his five knuckle shuffle, he like turned to the audience and like did a thank you. And then like he used the entrance for the Make-A-Wish kids like you can't tell me this is this is it for John Cena. I think he had his final run with Roman Reigns, so I don't think he needs Maybe we could maybe if he is headlining the Hall of Fame next year, give him a final run like Rey Mysterio and Edge cuz I feel like this is a lot of people's last WrestleManias, and I'll get to it eventually. But they gotta give him, they gotta give John Cena a run like Rey Mysterio if he does headline the Hall of Fame class next year. But think of Austin Theory and like his position. He's wrestling John Cena. At WrestleMania. As United States Champion. 
for the United States. This is a WWE championship match. Whether it's a mid-card title. It's still a championship match. Austin Theory is opening WrestleMania by wrestling John Cena in his first WrestleMania. Like, that should be crazy. That's like... This is this is why I got... This is the shit that makes me so upset when people are, like, overreacting to Cody's loss. Like, people are overlooking the little things. Austin Theory just fucking opened WrestleMania with John Cena. His first WrestleMania. May not have been the main event, but it was his first WrestleMania. That's why I don't give a fuck that Cody lost. Cody's been over with the crowd. It's not like Cody's never been over with the WWE audience. He didn't need Roman Reigns to put him over. He put himself over by coming back to WWE. But John Cena definitely put Austin Theory over. And like I said, I become an Austin Theory fan over over time. Like, he's he's definitely grown on me. I think I mentioned in the past that he was growing on me, but he has officially grown on me as a wrestler, as a performer. And I'm very excited to see where he goes next in terms of wrestling because so far from what I've seen on Monday Night Raw he had a match with Rey Mysterio I haven't seen the rest of Raw because I genuinely just want to be surprised for any anything else that may happen But I do like the idea of him being like a legend killer because still hated whether John Cena beat him or this result. Oh my god, that's perfect because Austin Theory beating John Cena in this match claim he can solidify himself. As a legend killer, because he's talking about how he's better than John Cena, better than all these legends. He's out here calling himself the new legend killer. I love the concept of Austin Theory claiming that he is the new, insert gimmick here, than having the master of that gimmick come out to try and intimidate him. Because if he's coming out here being like, oh, I'm the new legend killer, sets up Randy Orton's return perfectly. Because I swear to God, I, I was waiting for those two days. I was waiting for Randall those two days, I swear. It's not the same without Randy Orton. It's not the same. Like, I was dead ass hoping for Randy Orton to come out and make the save. For Edge. Get a rated RKO reunion. Set up something with the Judgment Day, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. I don't feel like I'm justified to rank Austin Theory and John Cena because I didn't watch the whole match, but I do like 
One thing I will say, I like where it sets up Austin Theory to go moving forward. Because he's already, like, knocked down all these primetime players. Seth, Bobby, now John Cena. I would actually, this is controversial, very controversial. Have Austin Theory go after the head of the table when the time is right. You see, I didn't say right away. When the time is right, have Austin Theory go after the head of the table. Like, I don't want the Bloodline storyline to end without Austin Theory having some sort of head of the table interaction. Like, that's some, like, that's, that doesn't even have to be a WrestleMania match. That could be something, like, just on one of the bullshit between pay-per-views, between the big four pay-per-views, or now big five. That, that could be just like a, I'm not gonna say that it's a bullshit match, because I just praised Austin Theory's, like, John Cena match, but I can just see it happening at a pay-per-view that's not one of the big five pay-per-views. That solidified him. This match just solidified Austin Theory as one of the guys. Not the top guy, but one of the potential. Like, there's a lot of potential there. We'll just see how that potential plays out. Why am I sitting up here acting like a wrestling expert? I don't even know how to... (sighs) My cardio, but no. It's just strictly opinion. And just where I see things going. Not gonna sit up here and act like a fucking wrestling expert just because I have opinions. Never, never said I was a wrestling expert. I'm just high. I don't know how far back I mentioned this, but I did mention the concept of the Street Profits. Eventually facing Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the undisputed tag team titles. Didn't even catch my own prediction when the Street Profits won. the only ones I was rooting for because I didn't really give a shit about the fatal four-way tag team match because the state of the tag team division both in WWE and AEW is always what no the state of the tag team division in WWE and AEW has always favored the men. I don't see this problem on the independent scene. I'm not saying that problem doesn't exist on the independent scene, but from what I've seen surrounding the independent scene, women's tag teams are a big deal. And I wish that WWE and AEW kept that same energy. But if it doesn't cater 
to whoever is filling their pockets with cash, it's not going to work. Which is unfortunate because there's so many talented women on that roster that shouldn't be subjected to be thrown into a random tag team just to be broken up if they don't win the gold. Because the only successful female tag team that I've seen in WWE, or I was mainly referencing the recent past with Damage Control, but Damage Control and Lay Cool are the only two. Natalia and Beth Phoenix, three. Those were the only tag teams, only women's tag teams, that made the most sense that actually like had a gimmick that worked like the majority of men men tag teams do male tag teams like even as random as Braun Strowman and Ricochet are they work more than a random tag team like Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. And I'm not knocking anybody who participated in either Fatal 4-Way tag team match because they were entertaining as fuck. For as random as those matches were put together, they were definitely entertaining as fuck. I just wish that women's tag team wrestling and just women's wrestling in general was held to the same standard and excitement as men's wrestling, men's tag team wrestling. And I guess the outcasts are starting to make sense to me. Like, once they added Ruby Soho, they started making sense to me. Ty Conti and Anna Jay make sense. Britt and Jamie Hayter make sense. I'd argue that AEW has a stronger female tag division than WWE at the moment. Like, say, through both companies, they're showcased equally, but AEW does have the advantage when it comes to female tag teams. But we are talking about the men's WrestleMania showcase. I guess we could talk about them both, because they were kind of... On the same way, leg for me, I did enjoy the men's a lot more. I also, I'm going to focus on the men's. Because I just had, like, these are reasons I just need to hunker down and get a fucking PS5. Get WWE 2K. I just have a Nintendo Switch because I'm a lazy gamer. I don't have the... I don't have the attention span for video games like that. The only video game that is really got has a hold on me is The Sims, like I said. They don't have a fucking wrestling expansion pack. They should. Why the WWE and Sims have not partnered together is fucking ridiculous to me at this point. It's crazy. The fuck? Talk about missed financial opportunity. They're crazy for that one. I guess they have 2K, but still. 
some sort of partnership or promotion with The Sims. How they haven't done that yet? Stupid. However, what I was thinking about is WrestleMania Backlash, right? Let's start thinking about WrestleMania Backlash as we unpack WrestleMania 39. Because remember I said Austin Theory and Randy Orton? WrestleMania Backlash. Street Profits, Alpha Academy, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Triple Threat for the Undisputed Tag Team Titles. WrestleMania Backlash. Reasons I just need to suck it up and get WWE 2K23. I just say fuck it and get it on the Switch. I don't care if... I don't care if it sucks on the Switch. I really don't. I'm gonna take the risk. I'm gonna take the L for the team. Because this is how I see it. If I get WWE 2K23 for the Switch, I'm at least playing WWE 2K23. It's all that fucking matters. Now, Logan Paul, Seth Rollins. I'm gonna get it out the way and say that Seth Rollins was one of the examples of bringing it appearance-wise, physique, fit, entrance. It's exactly what I was talking about. Pleasing to the eye. Attractive specimen. But the match with Logan Paul, better than I expected. Like, I still don't know what Logan Paul does. And the fact that he rarely shows up genuinely made me forget that he's, like, under WWE contract on the Raw brand. I actually wasn't disappointed with this match. Logan Paul is really, really good. Like, that was prime example of athleticism in that match. I wasn't disappointed. I, as much as I don't... I keep thinking Logan Paul is Jake, and I keep thinking Jake Paul is Logan. They look completely different, so I don't, I don't really know. I can't even use the excuse that they look the same. They look like two different people. I thought it was Jake Paul under um, the Prime Energy Drink mascot at first. I am kind of hating, like, even if they were just keeping kayfabe alive, alive, I do agree where I hate the idea of, like, influencers thinking that they can wrestle and just having, like, part-time contracts, but... Considering Logan Paul's fan base, I can understand. I understand. It would bring, like, a specific demographic to WWE, for sure. With Logan Paul and his contract, I just, I'm putting two and two together as I speak, so I'm just like, oh, fuck. As confused as I was as to why Logan Paul was on the WWE roster. It's all making sense. 
for sports entertainment, it's crazy how much it's being treated like an actual sport. The fact that you can do sports betting on fucking wrestling now, when I had no idea that was even a thing like 10 years ago. It's crazy how the landscape has changed. They didn't lie when they said that this WrestleMania was generational. I do think Seth winning was the right move. Because had they gone with Logan Paul winning, it just mm, probably wouldn't have hit. And that's like, I feel that's one of those things where I just don't understand the reaction to Cody Rhodes winning or losing. Why the fuck did I say that? No, I said it because I was, in my mind, I was thinking everybody probably expected Logan Paul to win before I even got the words out. I perceived it as everybody thought Logan Paul was the fan favorite heading into this match. Seth Rollins won. So that's why the Cody reaction didn't make sense to me, because if Logan Paul was the fan favorite going into this match, he wasn't. Realistically, he wasn't. But I just, I assumed he was the fan favorite. Like, I, I just, for me, it was guaranteed that Seth Rollins was, Seth Rollins was the favorite. I, I'm sitting up here telling you guys, I don't know anything about Logan Paul. Is it worth the Google search? Nah, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I don't know anything about Logan Paul, but what I do know now is why he is the way he is. That is an Aries man. That explains so much. And he was born on April Fool's Day. That explains so much. But the the ring chemistry was definitely there. Like I'm just I'm I'm I don't think I'm ever gonna be disappointed by a Logan Paul match. I feel like the less I know about Logan Paul, I'm going to enjoy what he does in the ring more often. I'm going to keep that same energy. Like, honestly, I love just the mystique of it all. If I ever meet a wrestler, no. Don't tell me anything. Keep, Keep it. Don't tell me shit. Do not tell me shit. The less I know, the better. They should. I feel like Seth can main event WrestleMania and it doesn't necessarily have to be with Roman Reigns. Because I was about to say I want Seth to main event WrestleMania with Roman Reigns, but he doesn't necessarily need Roman Reigns to main event WrestleMania. Because I feel like the right direction would be to set up Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins for the title next. But that's why I love Seth Rollins. He doesn't necessarily have to be chasing a title to tell a story. Like, even with what what he did with Logan Paul, he told a story. Like, he proved why he is the visionary. 
in my opinion. Like, I'm just paying attention to the stories that were told with this WrestleMania, leading up to this WrestleMania. For as little as I was paying attention to this storyline because of Logan Paul's involvement, there was a story there. I feel like that sounds stupid as fuck, but from the little context clues that I got, it was just Seth trying to prove that wrestling, or WWE at least, doesn't need influencers coming in to switch things up, change things around, and he kind of proved that point. He definitely outsmarted Logan Paul. He was the better man that night. Like, night one, just overall, the right people won. Now, a six-woman tag team match, it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad. I think I was riding simply off the fact that Trish Stratus, Lita, and Becky were a team. And I really thought this was for the tag titles for some reason. I don't know why I thought it was a six-woman tag tag match for the titles, but... I was very thoroughly entertained. It was a fun match. And I love that Lita and Trish can go from I am retired to I was retired in Trish's words. I literally predicted all of night one. Except for Pat McAfee and The Miz, because it just, I wasn't expecting that to happen. I'm just looking at this match card here. I just need to know what story is there. Because I feel like the main story that was overlooked with this feud between Trish, Lita, and Becky was. I feel like it was mainly about Bailey and Becky, and then everybody else kind of just got roped in along the way. So I wasn't really behind it because I got, I honestly, in this buildup, got lost along the journey. Because last I genuinely remember, it was about just Becky and Bailey. But I can understand how, like, they would have backup. But as much as I love Trish and Lita and seeing them in the ring still, I feel like. Trish and Lita could have been replaced with like an NXT talent. Like, imagine had Becky. Well, shit, Toxic Attraction just broke up. God damn it. Scratch that thought process. I. Like, Becky showing up with like. Roxanne Perez and Indy Hartwell. Like, giving them their moment. Especially because Indy just won the title. Like, that would have been... That would have been wild. But I get Trish and Lita. Like, it was very much a generational pay-per-view. And so they obviously had to 
cater to that theme, which respectful, respectfully, I can understand. But imagine had Becky called up two NXT talents. That would have, they just kept toxic attraction alive. Hell, they could have had Toxic Attraction had Sonya Deville take over, then had Toxic Attraction with Sonya Deville versus Damage Control. That would have been something. All this, to me, was giving, like, nostalgic factor, though. Nothing wrong with it, but... I don't know, there there wasn't a strong enough story here for Trish, Lita, and Becky for me. There could have been more. There could have been so much more. But what does it mean necessarily for everybody? Because I still... That was one of those open-ended type matches where it's kind of like you're you're, shrug- you're shrugging because it's like, yeah, that was cool. We got that six-woman tag team match, but what's next? Is it going to be played out? Is it going to be dragged out? Is this concept of nostalgia and generational chaos going to get stale at some point? We'll see. Ray versus Dominic went exactly how I expected it to go. And I definitely feel like Ray winning was the right call because they, like I said, somebody doesn't always have to win for a story to be told. Somebody doesn't always have to win a championship. Somebody doesn't always have to win a match for a story to be told. And Ray was able to tell a story with his son. Dominic didn't even have to win. Like, they're they're so good, they carried it all the way through to the Hall of Fame. Like, they didn't... Didn't matter who won that match. The story... Whether Dominic won, whether Ray won, the story would have ended at WrestleMania. But it looks like things are being dragged out past WrestleMania. Because what I see now, since Ray defeated Dominic, and it looks like Dominic's not done with Ray, I smell Bad Bunny and Ray Mysterio versus Dominic and Damian Priest at WrestleMania Backlash. And that works. That actually works, because if you remember... Holy shit, wait a minute, wait a minute now. Damien Priest and Bad Bunny teamed up, was it WrestleMania 37 or 38? Yeah, Bad Bunny and Damien Priest defeated The Miz and John Morrison at WrestleMania 37. Which also connects to, like, they've been planting seeds. They've been planting these seeds. So, 
Damian Priest and Bad Bunny have some history. They were former tag team partners. And now they're going to be across the ring from each other come WrestleMania Backlash. I'm calling it now. Ray, Bad Bunny, Dominic, and Damian Priest Backlash. But Ray and Dominic was my unofficial favorite match of the night. Because it was entertaining. You can tell that Dominic is getting more comfortable. And you can tell that if this is officially Ray's last go-round, you could definitely tell that he wanted to finish out his career with his son. So, unofficial favorite of the night just because of those little things right there. But the entrance, we have to talk about the entrance. Like, that's... That's God-tier entrance. That's not even S-tier entrance. Like, that is a God-tier entrance because you got Snoop Dogg driving you to the ring in a lowrider. Nobody was expecting to hear Eddie's theme song. Like, at all. I almost cried. Man, this WrestleMania actually had me crying because the tribute to Eddie, and then I literally burst into tears when they said Brody Lee Jr. was ringside. I was like, you got, you fucked me up. Got me fucked up right now. I definitely think Ray and Dominic was a very fun match, and then just the family getting involved. I was rooting for Aaliyah to just jump the barricade and beat the shit out of Dominic. Like, I... Let her, let her in there. Let her fight. She's about to beat the shit out of her brother. I was with it, you know? Like, the mom slapped... They... Man. I still be... Like, I know that it's storyline. I know that it's fake. I know... The whole nine yards. I was still scared for Dominic's life when he went on that microphone, looked his mom dead in the eyes, and told him to shut up. Because in a black community, in the Hispanic community, you don't do that shit. I don't know how Dominic is still walking. I don't care if his storyline. I don't know how that man is still breathing. Any household of color, actually. Let me not limit it to black and Hispanic, but like... Those are the two cultures I have experience with the most in my lifetime. But yeah, you just... Man, how is he still breathing? Hold on. How is he still breathing? I feel like... If WrestleMania 39 wasn't Ray's retirement match, it probably isn't because, like I said, we're probably going to get that tag match at WrestleMania Backlash. I feel like Dominic is going to retire his father. That's like the only way Ray would go out. Is if he was retired by his son. That would make the most sense. 
Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair was match of the night in regards to night one. And this is no offense to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the Usos because for the storyline and the buildup, they deserve the main event slot. Made the most sense, logically. Rhea and Charlotte said, we may not be main eventing, but we're going to give you a main event match. Those girls were beating the fuck out of each other. Fuck the girls are fighting. They were beating the shit out of each other. Fucking amazing. It was my favorite match of the night. Next to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Like, it was perfect that they were one right after the other. I'm not even going to acknowledge Pat McAfee and The Miz. I don't even even remember it. Rhea did not enter the Royal Rumble at number one and win the whole thing just to lose at WrestleMania. And that is completely different than Cody Rhodes entering at number 30 and winning the Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes had no unfinished business with Roman Reigns. Cody Rhodes walked in, finished unfinished business that his father had, Made it his own problem. Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley had history, which is why it made sense for Rhea to finish the story. More than it made sense for Cody to finish the story. I don't care. This is not me knocking on Cody Rhodes at all. But it just wasn't Cody's time. It didn't make sense for Cody Rhodes to win. Not even financially, for the face in the business. For the face of the company in the business. It storyline wise, it didn't even make sense. Because why would you have come in why would you have Cody come in and just swoop the top? Who says losing didn't make Cody a bigger star? Who says Cody losing didn't didn't put him over. Who said Roman Reigns did not put Cody Rhodes over? Who says you have to win a title to be put over? Time and time again, it's been proven. People can lose matches and still be put over. Roman Reigns definitely put over Cody Rhodes. So we can stop all this crying right now. Charlotte still put Rhea over even though she lost. Cody Rhodes was buried. He would have been in a fucking squash match for the Universal title. Those men went to war. But you want to knock... You just want to knock what they did because you don't like the outcome? I'm going to unpack this later. I'm sorry. It's just... It's still pissing me off how people are just upset that they didn't get the outcome that they wanted. Like, are you five? It just, for Rhea and Charlotte, it made more sense for Rhea to win. It just made so much more sense for Rhea to win. Because Charlotte was obviously just the placeholder because there were no suitable challengers on the Raw brand that would bring the marquee that Charlotte Flair brings. Because as much as I would have loved to see Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan on the WrestleMania stage, 
in a Royal Rumble rematch, the runner-up and the winner, like, that would have popped the fuck off. But you have to understand, Charlotte Flair is just as big of a draw as Roman Reigns. Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley would not have put butts in seats. And I'm not saying that because women's wrestling is always... Like, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm pretty high, so I probably can't even think of the word. Not saying that women's wrestling isn't as important as men's wrestling, just in terms of business, the product. I I hate to sound like this, but this just is just really what it is. This is honest to God what it is. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair was going to help sell out WrestleMania more than Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, realistically, would have been a pre-show match. Not even a WrestleMania pre-show match. This would have been a pre-show match. But that's not to say we can't get Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan down the line. Because they obviously have unfinished business, especially with being the winner and the runner-up of the Royal Rumble. They definitely have unfinished business, and I feel like that should definitely be touched on going forward. Especially, if this means Rhea is going to SmackDown, make that her first feud. Make Liv her first target. Do the build-up for WrestleMania Backlash. The match is right there. And last but not least, we have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It honestly might share match of the night with Rhea and Charlotte for me. Because that is the prime example of what I've been talking about in terms of telling a story. It's probably been confusing in what I've been talking about in terms of telling a story, but like... When it comes to the bloodline, I perceive the bloodline as the entire book. Cody and Roman is just another chapter in that book. We can always revisit that chapter at a later time, but for right now, that chapter is closed. They... They finished off that chapter, left it on a cliffhanger. Who's to say they won't revisit it down the line? We might need to come back to that plot point at some point. Revisit it. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? That's a different chapter in the Book of the Bloodline. That was something that was reaching its conclusion more than Roman and Cody was. Roman is not losing his titles anytime soon. We have solidified that. We have made that known. So if you're still upset about the fact that Roman is not losing his titles anytime soon, you need to catch up and get with the program. You should have heard the difference in pops for each man to know who was going to come out victorious. It's those little clues you have to pay attention to. 
Just like when Sami Zayn gave Jay Uso that Haluva kid kick, he was just like, I'm sorry, Uso. Like, damn, why would you do this? Why the fuck would you do that? Like, that that story had nothing to do with Roman Reigns. The Usos came seven... Seven. Kevin and Sammy. God damn it. Okay. The Usos, Kevin and Sammy were telling their own story separate from Roman. It was connected to Roman, but at the end of the day, what Kevin, Sammy, and the Usos had going on was between Kevin, Sammy, and the Usos. Roman may have contributed to part of it, but at the end of the day, it was about Kevin, Sammy, and the Usos. They put on a fucking classic, and, like, I'm still speechless, like, to this day, this is, this is crazy. This, this match right there was fucking insane from bell to bell. Like, I was so stressed for Sammy until Kevin jumped in there. I'm just thinking back to, like, the beginning of the match where I think Sammy had started off and the Usos were just dominating the majority of it. And then, I'm actually just trying to stay awake right now. That's what this is. Just to see the pure emotion on everybody's face. By everybody, I just mean Kevin and Sammy. But just like the pure emotion on their face when they actually got that three count. It was definitely the right time. No. You know what? Hear me out. Hear me the fuck out right now. Because the brain is formulating stuff. I was barely... Able to keep my eyes open like 30 seconds ago. Now the brain is cooking with gas. Where the fuck? I had a spray from Del Taco. I took a Del Taco break and nobody even fucking knew. The Usos had to lose the Undisputed Tag Team Championships to Kevin and Sammy. So, they could give their full, undivided focus to aiding the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Like, because whoever is challenging Roman next for the title... The Usos cannot be distracted at all. Because, think about it. If you were the, in the position of Jimmy and or Jay as tag team champion, not only do you have to focus on 
Roman Reigns. You have to focus on all of these people, all of these teams, who want your belts. If they are really building up Cody Rhodes for Roman Reigns, whether it be SummerSlam or next WrestleMania, I feel like SummerSlam we might have a chance with Cody winning, but... The Usos just need their full undivided attention, not worried about who's challenging who for the tag titles. The Bloodline has to make sure that they're stronger than ever right now, is what I'm saying. Because while they may not have been in jeopardy at WrestleMania, SummerSlam is damn near around the corner. Blink and SummerSlam will be here because it was just January last week. It's going to be SummerSlam before we know it. And while you all were crying and embarrassing yourselves at this WrestleMania outcome, not even thinking ahead to SummerSlam about how Cody could still finish the story. The story could still be finished. Because this is just the chapter in the story. If we were listening... If... Nobody was retaining what the fuck Triple H said in that press conference. Both nights. Oh my god. There are still stories to be told even though the story didn't end how you expected it to. The outcome that you expect could very well happen at fucking SummerSlam. And y'all were out here bitching and moaning and crying that it happened. It didn't happen at WrestleMania 39. Suck my dick from the back. Every I feel like while WWE doesn't care if you're happy or you're sad, they're going to do whatever makes them the most money at the end of the day. But, that means they're thinking long term. I feel like WWE is one of those, when they say everything happens for a reason, WWE is definitely the prime example of that. Because I definitely feel that the Usos losing the titles definitely means... They gotta give their full focus to Roman. The tag team titles would be too much of a distraction in in this time. Because think about how... You would have to literally go through Jimmy J solo just to get to Roman. There's no way in hell they can have those tag team belts. Now, Kevin, Sammy, and the Street Profits. Let's go down that road. That's I want to see like a best two out of three showcase between them. Like, if we can get a Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Street Profits trilogy going, I'm with it. 
Set up something for Backlash. Set up something for the pay-per-view after Backlash. Have another contendership spot at the pay-per-view after Backlash. I don't even know what it is. What's after Backlash? Let's see. King and Queen of the Ring Battleground. Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank happens right before SummerSlam. They could tie up all of the loose ends from WrestleMania by the time they get to Money in the Bank. So y'all are going to be sitting up here regretting that y'all were acting like children because Cody Rhodes lost. I'm sorry. Like, not to circle it back to Cody Rhodes, but you can't tell me that they're they're setting up Roman and Cody for SummerSlam. And then Cody and Seth for WrestleMania 40. Ooh, did I speak too soon? Yikes. It just remains to be seen if we're going to get the trilogy of... Sammy, Kevin, and the Street Profits. It could could just be wishful thinking. Now, Brock Lesnar and Omos, I didn't hate it. I really thought I was going to hate Brock Lesnar versus Omos because, yeah, it's a squash match. It's Brock. He's going to be on the plane, on his way home, if not landed by the time the main event starts or ends. So, full-on respect to my man Brock, but something that lived rent-free in my mind Besides Trish Stratus and her fit, there was a point where Omos was literally holding Brock like a baby, like a toddler. Like, Brock was literally clung to Omos. That is fucking crazy. Obviously, I wish it could have been longer, but obviously not. For for Brock Lesnar-related reasons, it was... That was probably why it was as long as it was. Now, the women's tag showcase. I'm a firm believer that this match was doomed as soon as Shayna and Ronda announced their participation. And no shade to Shayna at all. Because what I've seen from Shayna Baszler, I am nothing more than impressed. So, I have nothing negative to say about Shayna Baszler, except for the fact that she's stuck working with Ronda Rousey. Like, you can't be that bad and think that you're that good. She wasn't even in the fucking match, and she still got the... So that's what... I I already didn't care for this WrestleMania showcase match, because for this, it just seemed like Just the women's tag division, specifically in WWE, again, random tag teams just thrown together unnecessarily. Right. Absolutely. 
agreed, right? You're li- you, you hear what I'm saying? You're, you're in agreement with what I'm saying here, Kiki. She gets it. She doesn't even get the concept of the human world, but she understands when there is an injustice on the women's division. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, no, these are just all random tag teams. Like, Natalia and Shotzi were the only believable tag team. Like, that's something, that's one of those rare times where it's a random pairing and it actually seems like it could work. Yeah. Liv and Raquel, I was rooting for them just on gear alone. And I hope that, um, I actually liked their chemistry as a tag team. So I hope that's something that continues going forward and it's not just a one-off thing because a lot of these tag teams seems like seem like one-off things and something that i am genuinely genuinely confused about is that they did all that build up for chelsea green and carmella to be like bffs just for her to partner up with sonia deville one thing night one and night two did have in common was that the first two matches were kind of mid everything started kicking into high gear around match three but this they gotta do better when it comes to the women's tag teams hands down you know why i'm here you know what the fuck you know what the fuck is about to you know what the fuck is up gunther sheamus drew mcintyre i don't even oh my god like when i tell you i had to stand up out of respect and i don't respect men I stood up out of respect. Like, I watched that match standing. Holy shit. Like, that, you know it was good because I really didn't know who the fuck was gonna walk out of this bitch Intercontinental Champion. That's how you know it was a fucking good-ass match. Because this is a match that really could have gone either way, but then I was like, fuck, it's either gonna be Sheamus or Drew because I read that Drew and WWE haven't, like, finalized a contract yet, so this may have been Drew McIntyre's last match with us, which is fucking upsetting if that's the case. But boy, did we send him off well if he is, if he doesn't, like, re-sign with WWE. But fuck, man. That was art. Like, the chemistry those three men have in the ring is unfucking believable I thought Sheamus for real was going to walk away with the Intercontinental Champion simply, Championship simply because I thought, or not I thought, simply because he had never won an Intercontinental, he's just not won this title before, that's a long ass word, I'm too high for this shit he's never won this title before so I was rooting for Sheamus to win so he could also be a Grand Slam Champion but, you know, Gunther I, you know, respect to Gunther because, no, it makes sense that Gunther won because dude fucking showed out at the Royal Rumble. Of course he was going to have his WrestleMania moment. I'm boo-boo the fool right now. No, but that match was fucking crazy. Like, everybody knew it was gonna pop the fuck off, and what did those three do? Three men do? Fucking deliver. I don't know if, like, 
anybody else has phantom pains with like some bumps and some hits, but like my chest was hurting out of solidarity. My chest was legit hurting out of solidarity because what the fuck? Like that was the best match of night two. Like overall, the top matches were Rhea and Charlotte. Kevin, Sammy, and the Usos. Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew. I, like, I... Who's next for Gunther if not Sheamus? Like, I definitely feel as if they should continue on with the fact that Sheamus has never won the Intercontinental title. Like... That, oh my god, that is, set it up for backlash. Set it up for backlash. Gunther and Sheamus at backlash, so Sheamus can finally become a Grand Slam champion. But I also don't want Gunther to drop the belt either. Like, I want Sheamus to get that Grand Slam before he retires, but I also don't want Gunther to drop the belt either. Because he's just held it for this long. It's like, Fuck! Fuck, man. But yeah, no, that was the best fucking match of the night. And I feel like... I definitely feel like if you were that angry at the outcome of Cody and Roman, you just didn't watch anything prior to that. Because... The athleticism in that match. Like, Biggie was talking about big, meaty men slapping meat. That's exactly what that was. That's exactly what that is. That happened three times. I would honestly, Brock and Omos, big, meaty meaty men slapping meat category, Gunther, Sheamus, Drew, I would also argue that Cody and Roman can go in the big, meaty men slapping meat. Like, Cody is not big and meaty, but he's definitely bigger than he was when he was first starting out in WWE, he was, he he definitely built some muscle from the last time we saw him, or the first go-round, he's definitely bulked up, so, you know, the big meaty men slapping meat highlight goes to Brock, Omos, Gunther, Sheamus, Drew, Roman, and Cody. Bianca and Asuka was the hardest match. And I don't mean hard as it was hard as fuck. Because it was hard as fuck. But it was hard. It was really hard to pick a winner for this one. Because... It was... Bianca and Asuka was really one that... Like, I had never been... That stressed over an outcome, except for Roman and Cody, but like, if we want, that's, that's about the time, that's about the point in the night where my, um, blood and heart pressure were raised, cause it was like, they built Asuka up to be super strong upon her return, at least so I thought, and then Bianca, of course, has been Raw Women's Champion for one year. It was way too hard to pick who was going to win that one. But the entrances 
The fucking, okay. After Bianca's entrance, there was no way that she was losing. Like, I was honestly stressed up until the entrance, but it was still kind of like, who's going to walk out of this as Raw Women's Champion? But, when I say wrestling truly is the only thing that can make me cry and show genuine emotion, wrestling is the only thing that brings emotion out of me. Because anybody that knows me in real life, I have a resting bitch face all of the time. Like, I could be happy and have a resting bitch, bitch face... I could be bored. I could be sad and have a resting bitch face. Like, I, I can keep a solid poker face to the point where it's terrifying. Wrestling is the only thing that could really evoke emotion out of me. Bianca's entrance truly made me cry because... One, as a black woman... That entrance alone, plus low-key even the past couple years of WWE, never seen this much black representation, ever. Ever. Like, I'm not even going to sit up here and say that Bianca's entrance didn't bring me to tears because... I was the age of those little girls when I first started watching wrestling, and all I really had for, like, black female re representation at the time was Alicia Fox. I, I wish I was kidding. I wish I could sit up here and say that I was kidding, but Alicia Fox was my only representation when I first got into watching WWE and to go from that to seeing like what Bianca has done with the Raw Women's Champion and even like not even just Bianca but like the black representation in WWE right now like well let's see how long this lasts because you know who is now back in charge. We'll see how long this lasts. But, um, just even in, like, NXT, to think that, like, a good majority of our champions right now are black, it, it, like, hold on. Even in AEW, too, Jade Cargill being, like, the, well, she's been the only TBS champion, but being the longest reigning TBS champion, being undefeated, Like, part of me wishes I had her physique, but that actually, like, no. That's a lot of work. I'm good off that. Like, I... The gym, honest to God, makes me uncomfortable. And it's not even because, like, the gym is home to weird people. It's just... The energy surrounding gym culture, I fuck... So that's why I hate the gym, personally. But yeah, no, the current champions, at least, Bianca Belair, Carmelo Hayes, Wes Lee.
they that those that's our black representation right now in terms of champions. But even like Kofi Kingston and Big E getting to win the WWE champions, like Jacqueline being the first and only woman to hold the cruiserweight champion, beating Chavo Guerrero. Fucking jazz. And then, like, getting back into WWE and seeing people like Naomi and Sasha Banks. It's just, yeah. Very. They have come a long way in terms of my people. It's not perfect. But it's something. It's something. But... All in all, that was a... Oh, but, oh god, wait, no. I can't just gl- smooth gloss over the fact that that contortionist girl, her mom died that morning? When Triple H said that, I was like, you gotta... No. Like, bro. That's why I sit up here and roast people who overreact when their faves lose or like something doesn't go their way like I don't give a shit if your favorite got fired tomorrow like I I don't give a shit because to me when they say it's bigger than wrestling it truly is bigger than wrestling and I hate to be one of those people that says like who says wrestling saved my life everybody says that wrestling saved their life but Wrestling is so much bigger than a match going in a way that you didn't like. Wrestling in this podcast is probably the only thing keeping me alive right now. Outside of, like, my basic human needs and shit, but just, like, in terms of having, like, a passion and a lust for life... Wrestling is that to me, and that's why it's just, it's it's always going to be more than just wrestling. Because that little girl had her mother die that morning. And there are people bitching on Twitter that Roman Reigns fucking retained. Be so fucking for real with me right now. Like, just... Even the fact that Cody Rhodes invited Brody Lee, Ju- Brody Lee Jr. to ringside. Like, I immediately burst into tears when they said that. But... Wrestling is just always going to be more than a shitty outcome. It's going to be more than your fave losing. It's going to be more than all of the shit that we complain about. All the petty shit we complain about on a day-to-day basis. The kid next to you at a wrestling show doesn't know that. There are people who use wrestling as therapy. Wrestling as an escape from real life, you know? So just... Just chill. Just chill and enjoy the fucking product. Like, we can all be upset that Roman and Cody went the way that it did. We can all be upset that 
nobody got put over or everybody was buried this WrestleMania. Like, we can be upset that Bianca beat Asuka. Like, we can be upset that WWE only cares about numbers. Doesn't mean that you have to watch it. Doesn't mean that you have to tune in every week. There's AEW. There's probably a wrestling promotion down the street and you don't even know about it because you're not taking the time to expand your horizons outside of sports entertainment, you know? Like, if it, if, I'll tell you right now, if it does get to a point where I am skipping Monday Night Raws and skipping pay-per-views, I will let you know that. Because that seems like the road that it's going down in light of everything. But wrestling is always going to be more than that. Don't limit yourself to just WWE and their bullshit. Like, if you hate it, don't watch it. If you hate it and want to complain about it, start your own podcast. Instead of complaining about it on Twitter to people who probably don't even know you exist. And I'm not excluded from that because I've had my fair share of complaints over the years and probably will have more complaints down the line. But at the end of the day... It's more than that. those bullshit complaints. It's more than these bullshit results. Because I am upset that Asuka lost. Because Asuka just... Is just never going to get her WrestleMania moment. But... I also can't be upset that Bianca retained. Because... When have we ever seen a black woman hold a championship for this long? Like, fuck... Even... Athena in Ring of Honor. She's... She's the current Ring of Honor champion. I wouldn't. I don't know if she's the longest reigning, but in terms of representation, like, come on. Let's 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 look this up. Wow. There's literally a whole Wikipedia page like Wikipedia category dedicated to African American female professional wrestlers. We got AQA, Janisha Adams Ginyard, Trisha Dora, Athena, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Ma- Marty Bell, Big Swole, Sojourner Bolt, Cameron, Jade Cargill, Christina Crawford, Dark Journey, Epiphany, Alicia Fox, Kara Hogan, Holly Dead, Jazz, Ethel Johnson, Raka Khan, Awesome Kong, Crystal Marshall, Linda Miles, Jacqueline Moore, Naomi, Willow Nightingale, Cynthia Peretti, Red Velvet, Brandy Rhodes, Nyla Rose, Sapphire, Nicole Savoy, Charmel, Tasha Steeles, Mia Yim, Faye Jackson. She just popped in my head. Like, and there's probably more that I don't even know about due to all the fucking independent promotions that exist, too. So... I would honestly rank this WrestleMania match as like a sentimental favorite. I do think Asuka is probably going to get a rematch. I had another train of thought interrupt that one. But I feel like Asuka is going to get a rematch after at WrestleMania Backlash. And after that, it's just dead. But I'm only talking about black female representation in WWE because that's just my experience. Because I've just been a black woman my entire life. But... 
all of like the women of color who are getting proper representation or like on the way, like paving the way, the baby steps to getting proper representation. As opposed to where we were a decade ago, like progress, progress. I'm going to briefly gloss over Snoop Dogg and The Miz because I'm already on the way to hell, so I can't sit up here and act like Shane McMahon returning and tearing his quad as soon as he hit the ring is not fucking hilarious. I'm not... It was an unfortunate turn of events, but I'm not going to sit up here and pretend like I wasn't laughing my fucking ass off. And here I was complaining that The Miz didn't have a WrestleMania match just for him to get two. And not me just going on a rant about black representation and Bobby Lashley got like 30 seconds of screen time. But The Miz got two WrestleMania matches. Okay. Uh, I know it's not that deep, but it is a little kind of like concerning that Bobby Lashley won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and didn't have like a WrestleMania match because if they had time to squeeze in uh, Shane McMahon's return and these two squash matches for The Miz. They definitely had time to squeeze in a match for Bobby Lashley, especially since he won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal literally that Friday. But, you know, they don't pay me up there in Connecticut. So, let's talk about Edge and the Demon Finn Balor because when I tell you, when I first got back into WWE, I was first introduced to the demon. My life changed. Evangelicals are clutching their pearls at that statement. Um, but yeah, no, the demon was one of the coolest fucking, coolest and coldest fucking gimmicks I have ever seen. And I didn't realize how much time had stretched between the last time he saw the demon and now and I the okay let me tell you I was more stressed for what theme song Finn was gonna use than the match itself because I was like you can't bring back the demon and not bring back the old theme song like I was acting a whole ass fool when I heard the Catch Your Breath remix. Bitch. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. It sucks that the past few times Finn was the demon he lost. But this match was actually metal as fuck. I'm not even gonna lie. This match was metal as fuck. You got Edge in the in his Spooky Island best with that skull. I'm talking in the land of a million drubs, head ass, looking ass. The Demon Wings Slayer playing like I loved it. I loved it. 
I don't care if people think I'm weird for liking heavy metal and death metal. It, you know, sometimes you just need unintelligible screaming to calm the nerves. I will say, though, simply because of Jackass, Spill the Blood is my favorite Slayer song. I forget what Jackass they used it in, but... Underrated soundtrack. S plural. Then the fucking demon. That entrance was cold as fuck, and I love that... He blended the demon and his new Judgment Day character, because... Judgment Day made a lot of people forget that Finn Balor was the first Universal Champion for a reason. It sucks that he fucking separated his shoulder right after. But... We can't forget that's our first Universal Champion. And... Let, let me tell you, this match, like, Finn, Finn Balor has always been one of my favorites. He's definitely been in the top 10, not 10. He's always been one of my favorites, but this match specifically solidified him as one of the GOATs for me. Like, The Miz is a GOAT, Seth Rollins is a GOAT, Becky Lynch is a GOAT, Bailey's the GOAT, Lita, Trish, Sasha, McFoley. Roddy Piper, Randy Savage, those are my goats. Kevin Owens, another goat of mine. Finn Balor is now on my list of goats, because that, that man got staples mid-match and continued to do what he did. I was in disbelief. I was in straight disbelief that that man continued on with the match after getting staples and numbing in his fucking head. That was honestly, like, that was one of the better Hell in a Cell matches I've seen. I was just hoping we would get, like, I wanted, like, a homage to Undertaker and Mick Foley, somebody being thrown off the top of the Hell in a Cell, but, you know, the platform inside will do. And I know that shit hurt Finn's shins. I know that shit hurt his shin so bad. I know he was fucked up after that one. In Edge, I feel like this is... I feel like this is it for Edge. Maybe. I could be wrong. I'm not him. But I just have... The feeling that this is probably his last WrestleMania. Like, I feel like it's Ray's last WrestleMania. I feel like it's Edge's last WrestleMania. I definitely feel like it's John Cena's last WrestleMania. But... Popped the fuck off, that one. 
Now, I've been alluding to it throughout the episode. I couldn't just limit my thoughts to the end of the episode. Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. I mean, part of me did want Cody to win because he was convincing enough. It was convincing and believable enough. Was I genuinely expecting Roman to retain? No. Did it make sense for Roman to retain? In retrospect? Yeah. I, you know, it really, they really made it seem like Cody Rhodes was going to win the big one. But everybody took that shit so personally, like they were Cody Rhodes himself. Like, oh my god. Like, that man isn't paying you to defend him like this. That is crazy to me. I feel like in terms of the story of the bloodline and being and Roman being the head of the table, it made sense. Not only with the deal being sold to Endeavor, but just in retrospect, I cannot justify Cody winning that match. I was so relieved when it was over, though, because I was stressed. I was tired. I was ready to go. That shit was 34 minutes. Oh, they had me fucked up all the way. No wonder I was tired. Shit was over 30 minutes long. Damn, that shit was long. I would have been pissed. Anyways, I can't justify Cody winning that title. I'm going to reiterate what I said earlier. It made more sense for the Usos to lose the tag belts because they won't be distracted by outside interference by being the head of the tag division right now. They got to focus on who's coming next for the head of the table. Roman needs his full team right now. So that's why nobody can dethrone Roman right now. I've seen some theories on Twitter that maybe SummerSlam or WrestleMania 40. There's just a lot of things I'm realizing in retrospect, mainly because I was just so fucked up by the time... I was like three Mike's Hard Lemonades in and like five free rolls in. But... I'm realizing things. I'm it's it's all settling in now. SummerSlam. It may not be Cody, but I definitely see Roman losing one of the belts at SummerSlam. Like he's, I, I don't see him being undisputed after SummerSlam. I could be wrong. I very well could be wrong because of what happened at WrestleMania. So don't quote me on this shit. 
But I, I feel like Roman will not be undisputed after WrestleMania. And one thing people fail to realize is that when Cody Rhodes was talking about finishing the story, it didn't mean he had to finish the story specifically with Roman Reigns. His dad just never won a WWE championship. Doesn't matter who the fuck the champion is when Cody decides to finish the story. It just doesn't have to be Roman. Everybody just thought it was going to be Roman because Royal Rumble was so predictable that everybody thought WrestleMania was going to be just as predictable. So, this is what I personally want. I'm just fantasy booking. If you want to contribute to my eventual PS5 and WWE 2K23 fund, I, you know, I have no, like I said, I have no shame in buying it on the Nintendo Switch. I'm just, I got a bunch of dream matches that I cannot wait on the creative team to um, execute, so suck my dick from the back about playing WWE 2K23 on the Switch. I don't care. Because what if I want to play WWE 2K23 while I'm on the road? You can't hook up a PS5 in a car. If I'm on a road trip and I'm not on driving duty, I can play WWE 2K23 on the Switch. How about fucking that? Suck my dick from the back. Think smarter, not harder. Can't play 2K23 when you have an Xbox or a PS3. Can't play it in the car. I'm thinking harder. I mean, smarter. I'm really not thinking at all because I'm fucking high, but... Here's what I think should personally happen, and, you know, shit, if it fucking happens, if it fucking happens, I'm gonna be very shocked if this happens, because Cody and Seth have unfinished business, right? So, Roman and Seth also have somewhat unfinished business, at least to my knowledge, they have unfinished business, because I feel like Seth Rollins needs to be brought into this conversation. Seth Rollins is done with Logan Paul. Seth Rollins is at a point in his visionary character to where he can get another title shot. I feel like beating Logan Paul proved that. If not a triple threat with Roman Seth and Cody. I feel like Seth and Cody needs to happen before Cody and Roman or Seth and Roman. I can, okay, so here we go. Roman is probably going to be gone until... SummerSlam time, right? Cody and Seth have unfinished business. 
they they can go back and forth at a couple pay-per-views until SummerSlam. I wouldn't be opposed to that personally. If they do set up Cody and Seth at Backlash, it would make sense. Because we're not going to see Roman for a bit. We're probably going to see Brock and Roman before SummerSlam, if not at SummerSlam. Because if Cody and Seth doesn't happen at Backlash, it may happen at SummerSlam. But I could also argue... Roman and Seth for one of the belts for, at SummerSlam. Seth actually winning. Cody Rhodes finishing the story at WrestleMania 40. If not Cody Rhodes, for some reason I can see Sheamus stepping up. I feel like Sheamus can step up, especially after that um, performance in the triple threat. Sheamus can step up to the tribal chief. Sheamus and the brawling brutes against the bloodline once again, but this time with the title involved, and it's just Sheamus and Roman. Somebody else, yeah, yeah. Honestly, either Sheamus or Cody or Seth. Mark my words, I definitely feel like it just might be Cody and Seth at WrestleMania 40. I can see it now. That's it. That's how I felt about WrestleMania 39. And the entire wrestling community as a whole. Um... You know, after this weekend, I kind of need a break, so I don't know when I'm going to post an episode again. So, I might be YouTube content for a while. I might finally focus on the ranking the WWE themes and ranking WrestleMania. I might, for the fuck of it, just rank the Royal Rumbles since I forgot to do it. I didn't do it in time. So, might be focusing on YouTube content until I figure out what the state of WWE is. But, um... It might go back to just AEW recaps if Vince ruin things, ruins things again. So, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Subscribe if you want to. I might be going back and watching pay-per-views from 1997 here soon. Because my birthday is next week. So, that might be the focus for the podcast on top of the YouTube stuff, so catch you on the flip side, friends.